Hey everybody, welcome to the 86th episode of Two Views Movies Podcast on DC's Shazam. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today we are talking DC's Shazam. Not to be confused with Kazam. No, not the, not the Shaq vehicle that is the only <laughs> one he had besides steel. I don't count blue chips. That doesn't count? No, you don't get credit for playing a basketball player. Uh, so Uncle Drew doesn't count either? Not for Kyrie, no. Uncle Drew does not count. Well, Shaq's in that. Okay, well, any basketball player that's in <laughs> Uncle Drew, no. So as a genie, that counts. Yeah. I mean, if Kyrie goes on and makes a blockbuster about being a flat earther, then that'll count. <laughs> okay, okay. Good to know the rules. Yeah, they're, they're, they're my rules. They make no sense, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so Shazam! Yeah, let's get into this. Letterbox blurb like we normally do. One year after Steppenwolf's invasion, troubled 14-year-old orphan Billy Batson is set to move in with the Vasquez family and their other five foster kids. One day, Billy gets on a subway car and finds himself transported to a different realm where an ancient wizard gives him the power to transform into a godlike adult superhero by uttering the word Shazam. Billy and his new foster brother, Freddie Freeman, must discover Billy's new powers and how to use them to prevent the villain, Dr. Thaddeus Savannah, who has powers of his own, from committing nefarious acts. Directed by David F. Sandberg, who did Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. I've seen neither. Have you seen those? No. No, I have not. Okay, well, it's one of those things where we've talked about this before, but clearly this guy cut his teeth on some horror movies, and now he's been given a DC superhero movie. Yeah, usually that's the, the breeding ground for directors is horror. Right. Easy to get into, I guess. And then once you prove yourself, you are uh, you get a real movie. Yeah, and that's the second one, back-to-back uh, -back even. Uh, Aquaman had James Wan, and now Shazam has David F. Sandberg. So DC really, I guess, going after the horror directors. Likes that formula. <laughs> right. Everybody loves the DC formula. <laughs> Cast, Zachary Levi plays Shazam, Asher Angel, Jack Dylan Grazer, Mark Strong, Jaiman Hansu, who apparently is just making his entire career be Marvel and DC movies right now. Yeah, and we'll talk about him later. <laughs> we will? I, I like this. <laughs> yeah. All right, so like we normally do with comic book movies, I throw it over to you because that's your thing, your expertise, so have at it. Well... I'm going to throw some disclaimers out there. I'm a, I'm a Marvel guy uh, as far as my expertise. I know DC enough to be dangerous. Uh, so I know a bit of the backstory of Captain Marvel, who changed his name to Shazam unwillingly, I guess. It was a, uh, you know, it started as Captain Marvel and then got sued by DC because he was too much like Superman. And then eventually DC bought the property and then got into a little tiff with marvel and uh couldn't use it as the book title so they started the title as shazam but still kept the character as captain marvel and that's why 
Marvel comics use Marvel, you know, to <laughs> make it different. And so eventually everybody just kept calling him Kazam and because that's what Kazam, I did it again. Dang it. <laughs> I kept calling him Shazam uh, because that's what the comic book was called. And uh, so they eventually just changed his name to Shazam. But as far as continuity and, and all that, that's not me. That's not going to be my, my expertise here. There's a Kansas City podcast called The First Issue Club. These guys are probably a, a better fit. They're a good, good comic book resource. And so I'd throw it to these guys. Hey, guys, it's Greg. And I'm Mike. With First Issue Club Podcast, the weekly podcast that covers the number one comics of the week. Are you comic book curious? Mm, I am. Well, then tune in so we can lead you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape. Sometimes you'll learn something. Most of the time, you won't. I really did think that this was fully enjoyable. And I personally loved your four-star review of Glitter. Sorry, Mariah Why do Carey. you bring that up? I that is what I did like it, and that's why I say my seal of approval has lost its credibility many times before. <laughs> Join us every week for new number ones and fun comic book combo with your new best friends. That's me and me too. First issue club, the weekly podcast that covers number one issues. We're crazy. <laughs> Thanks to the First Issue Club for giving us that that promo. They're good guys. We talked to them a lot on Twitter. Hoping to meet up with them in person sometime soon. And uh, we're trying to cook up a little something special maybe for the podcast. Don't want to give too much away. It's still kind of up in the air. But we might have something fun down the road uh, with those guys. So we appreciate uh, them listening to the show. Them talking comics and movies with us online. And for giving us that promo. And picking up the slack where I'm lacking. <laughs> yeah, which is a lot. Hey, now, I know, I know. You, you actually, uh, you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to comic books, and I'm, I'm not that comic book guy, so I'm always interested to, to hear more about the comics from that angle because I, I usually don't have the angle. And with Shazam, I have literally zero angle. So it's a good segue into us talking Shazam. So you get the lead. Yeah, well, Shazam was always a, a character that I never gravitated to because. Truly, the name was stupid. And he's a second-rate Superman? And he's a second-rate Superman. I mean, which I love Superman, so, you know, make another character like that, and I'm probably going to be on board, but I didn't... I mean, the name's Shazam, you know? Yeah. It's terrible. That's a terrible name. So I read, not not to steal out of your thunder if you have any on this topic, but the name, the letters come from the gods that he take his powers from? Yeah, which I like Greek mythology and all that fun stuff, but and that's that's kind of cool. But you could have made a different uh, anagram. Oh yeah, totally agree. But it it kind of takes some of the stupidity away for me. I think. Well, I mean, him saying it and him being called Shazam, and I know that wasn't the uh, intent. You know, he could say Shazam and have his name be Captain Marvel, and that'd have been cooler, which was what they tried to do, but come up with a different name that's not captain or marvel i actually like the name shazam uh, in a weird kid it only works in this kind of movie though i guess is what i'm saying right it's it's for kids you know it's it's a kid being a superhero which is cool when so the only time i ever really got exposed to shazam was when it was more crossover type events if he came into the justice league and you know he was being a you know 15 year old kid in the same room as Batman and Superman and trying to pretend to be an adult, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so those kind of had some, some cool moments, but 
um, the guy can't even say his own name, you know, without turning into a kid. So that's kind of weird. I thought that I read online afterwards that in the comics, he has to have the intent of changing. So if he's like just saying the word Shazam in a sentence, he doesn't change. He has See, to that's, that sounds kind of like a cop out of we don't know how to do this without <laughs> him changing every time, you know, so, for some reason. You know, how oh, do, yeah, how totally. Do you, and so I feel like that, well, we screwed up once. So now he has to have intent, you know, so <laughs> I, I don't, that may be the case, but I'm not buying it. So what are your thoughts on um, The Rock? Because the way I remember this going down was The Rock was given the choice of either being Shazam or Black Adam, and he put the vote to his fans, and they all chose for him to be Black Adam. And I know nothing about either of these guys, but I also read that Black Adam is supposed to be the nemesis of Shazam. Yeah, he got a little uh, little appearance, if you know what to look for in this. Not The Rock no, himself, I don't. but Black Adam did. Um, the... Uh, so Black Adam is the called the bad Shazam and he's a bit of a badass and he's been around for a very long time. And when uh, the wizard was telling the story of how they gave their power to the, the wrong one and he unleashed all the seven deadly sins on the world, that was Black Adam. Oh, OK. I did not catch that. So they, they put him in the hood and, and they did a little light show to show all that. Um, they didn't say his name or anything. But that was Black Adam. So he's he's really old. Um, he's been around for a long time, evil, whatever. But then they started to to turn his character because people liked him so much into more of a uh, an antihero, which I'm I'm not on board. Which is why The Rock probably leaned more towards that, um, and not just straight villain. Because we haven't seen The Rock as a villain because his fans don't want him to be a villain. Right. Yep. It deviates from the Rock formula. It'd be really cool to see him as the original black adam and to see him just because he goes toe-to-toe with superman goes toe-to-toe with both him and and shazam uh in in different incarnations and so that'd be really cool to see him like that but i don't think that's what they're going to go with it gotcha and so i didn't know did you know that uh that Dwayne was a executive producer on this no i didn't actually it it showed it at the end credits uh and showed Dwayne Johnson. I was like, oh, so maybe he'll give his little Black Adam cameo at the post credit scene. I thought we'd see something, but nope, not yet. I'm guessing because they have not quite perfected what look he's going to have. So do you think he'll be a, a, a an anti-hero going against Shazam? Like, how do you think that's going to play out? I think he'll start going against against Shazam, but no clue. But they're going to make him redeemable and then like maybe do the switcheroo like halfway through where they start out where they're kind of in conflict but then there's a big bad that comes in that they have to team up for yeah i I, no clue i I don't know enough i mean he is the big bad so i don't know who else they can team up with and since dc's not doing these things anymore I, i don't know if they're building to anything same here. Um, something you mentioned that I wanted to touch on. The seven deadly sins, is that from the Shazam story or is that something they introduced for no this clue. movie? I was, okay, I don't know either. And um, that, That's one one area I wanted to dive into. I, I know I said I'd let you steer, but you got your points now. Now it's my turn. Um, <laughs> the seven deadly sins thing but like conceptually felt weird. And then the way they executed it felt weird. Meaning like you're watching this family oriented movie and yeah, you need a bad guy and stuff, but like you don't really think of seven deadly sins in a family movie. 
and then the way they manifested right. themselves in the demons and stuff, I, I hated that. It was, I just didn't like anything revolving around the seven deadly sins. So early on, he says, greed, he's yours to, to his dad. He took out Lionel Luther, you know, mm-hmm. and, but he, they didn't really name any of the other ones uh, throughout the movie until the very end where he lists off all the seven deadly sins. And so I kept trying, every time they appeared, I was more thinking, okay, which one's which? If that's greed, I, I thought they might, you know, personify whatever, whatever they were. You know, but instead they started doing uh, at the end where he's calling out envy. Um, like I couldn't figure out which one was which. No, there was no rhyme or reason to the demon design as to how they correlated to the seven deadly sins. So I, I, I thought the CGI was bad. I thought the way that they interacted with uh, the villain, um, was it Dr. Savannah or whatever his name is? I didn't like Let's the just way call they, him Mark Mark Strong. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the way Mark Strong, like how they like dusted in and out of him. Um, and then just tonally, it felt really weird because it's everything else about Shazam is kind of lighthearted and fun. And yeah, you have to have a villain and that villain needs to have some kind of darkness, but the, the demons and the sins just, it didn't fit. I didn't like how that was written at all. Yeah. All of a sudden there's demons in the world and yeah, it's a very heavy for a kid's movie. Yeah. And everything else is definitely written for a kid. Yeah. And it sort of reminded me. Uh, of the parademons from Batman versus Superman, or was that Justice League? Justice League, I think. Yes, well, both. Yeah, and I didn't you have like a flashback that. of parademons, and yeah, that's right, that's right. And I didn't like that, so I, I just I, I wish. And what's crazy is so like, seg another segue into Mark Strong. I actually liked what they did with him as a villain with his backstory. I thought it was really cool how. Shazam's trying to recruit somebody to be his successor and he recruited this kid and the kid was tempted by the dark side essentially is what we'll call it and then that you know that kid trying to get back to the wizard all those years is what basically created the villain so I thought that was actually a really good story again it felt a little lacking on the execution um, and I think they just kind of poorly wrote the villain but the backstory of the villain I actually thought was really really good. Yeah, I thought so too. I it would have been cooler, or I guess more motivating, if like put his mom in the car with him, mm-hmm. and then have that car wreck kill the mom, and so now he's blaming the wizard, you know, and the magic for the death of his mom type of thing, and then his family all hates him because he's it was his fault, but he's blaming the wizard. You know, a little deeper. Yeah, and I think they try to do something like that without the mom, but try to get him to blame the wizard for his even worse relationship with his dad and brother. And you only get a snippet of that from that little boardroom fiasco that goes down. Yeah, I didn't feel like, I mean, him killing his brother, like, basically you're supposed to get that that's justified with just a couple one-liners of, you've always been a bully to me, and then I'm going to throw you out a window and kill you. Yeah, it was a weird middle ground between I think you're supposed to kind of feel like it's justified, but also at the same time it's supposed to make him, like cement him as being truly evil. So it's kind of weird. So how do you feel about Mark Strong as an actor? I generally like the guy. I I think he comes across a little one-dimensional at times. Like I liked him in the first Kingsman. That's the one that comes to mind that I I really liked him in. Um, You know, this is his second crack at a 
quasi-villain in DC because he was Sinestro in Green Lantern. But Oh, he wasn't a villain yet. No, that's why he I say quasi. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think he's kind of hard to get around. He Not that he's typecast, but he just is a typecast. He's like a walking typecast. I mean, how many, you know, balding guys with that kind of voice do you need? Because honestly, if you're looking for a good Mark Strong, you're going to get Stanley Tucci. <laughs> but see, I, I view him as a villain. Mm-hmm. Like I, but, but I feel like he's almost a parody of himself now, you know, of you've been typecasted as a villain, you know, like these kind of roles. And so I appreciate when he's not that, but every time he plays a villain now, it's like, that's your stereotypical villain. And so he's, he's fine, but mm-hmm. it fits only in this type of kids movie. Like he's good for the way this movie is. Right. I agree. I, I didn't have a problem with his acting at all. I, I don't know if that's kind of where you're going. Um, I, I didn't expect when I saw that it was him. Cause I'm not, you know what? I'm not honestly sure I knew that he was in this until like I started watching the movie. Cause I just really haven't looked a lot into Shazam. And honestly, it's been very under marketed when I told people that I was going to go see Shazam. They're like, what is that? I mean, it's not a, Oh, that's out yet. Kind of like you would get on an early release. Like we saw it at, but I got more of a, what is that? Um, but my point with that is yeah. that I didn't know Mark was in this, uh, and I'm a movie person. So when I saw him, I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of, I think I know what I'm going to get now. But, but see, I like him as an actor, and I think he's a very good actor. But when I see him, and maybe, and maybe that's just me, I don't think it's anything to do with his performance. It's more of now he he's not a a villain that you're going to a memorable villain is not going to be one that shakes you to your core. He's, he's just, okay, he's a villain and you, you know, he's going to be a villain and he's just kind of that pl- plug and play kind of guy. Right. Uh, agreed with that. And so it works in this because it's a kid's movie. Yeah. You're, you're not going to do too much with what this movie is trying to do. You're kind of boxed in all around and that goes to everybody. Agreed. You just hit on the marketing and, um, uh, just everything around Shazam. And I think this is the brilliance of Marvel and the incompetence of DC. So even though you don't necessarily care about Ant-Man or the Wasp or any of their storylines or even Black Panther, pick your hero, you have to go see it because it's in a continuity. And now that D and now that DC is doing these one-offs where you can skip them. You know, you don't have to go see it to understand what's going on. It's, uh, okay, these are all one-shots, then okay. You know, then I'm not going to go see Shazam. You know, I'll wait for Batman. Right. Well, okay, so I don't know how many people actually know that. Like, we know it because we've read the articles and, you know, we follow all the news and stuff. But I'm not sure DC's ever really come out and said, uh, you know, to to the lay person, I guess that hey, we're this is no longer connected. We're we're taking a big shift away from the Marvel approach because for all the regular audience knows is that Aquaman was in Justice League and now he's got his own movie. And yeah, we haven't heard of Shazam, but if you go see Shazam, there's a ton of references to the existing universe. So um, I, I get that when DC kind of planted this flag within the last few months or whenever it was of going not the Marvel route. Uh, that Shazam was probably already cut and ready to go, but 
it, you look kind of foolish um, as DC saying, hey, we're not going to go that route, but then we're going to have you know, the Batarangs and the complete references to Batman and Superman, the kid wearing a Wonder Woman shirt, and then have Superman cameo at the end of it. Like, uh, which is it? Are you, are you doing this or are you not doing this? But I guess my point is, to the average Joe who's going to see this movie, I think they're still going to think it's all connected. Well, and, and maybe through this one, but going forward when they're not, you can just skip the, the heroes that the trailer didn't sell you on. True. You know, yeah, you're not gonna I, you're not gonna get introduced to anybody new that that doesn't look cool immediately uh, in the trailer, and so you're again they're not gonna bridge that gap with uh, okay I have to sit through Ant Man oh I really liked it but I wasn't gonna go to it but I have to because it's the next movie in the series. No, you're you're spot on. You're totally right. Um, that that approach will guarantee butts in the seat. I mean, there's probably people who skip things here and there, but I think that. Um, they know now that as in-game approaches, like, yeah, maybe I need to go catch up on this movie. So eventually they're going to get watched some way, somehow. Yeah, like Captain Marvel, that was a brilliant placement. You know, even if you didn't care about Brie Larson or the character Captain Marvel, but you had to go see it because it's right before in-game and it's going to matter. You know, so that it gets butts in the seats because you don't want to be one movie behind before yeah. in-game comes out. Mm-hmm. Not going to be out on video yet or Netflix, so you better go see it in the theater. Because you're not going to have time before Endgame. Yep, I totally agree. And DC, on the other hand, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so we talked about Mark Strong. Uh, let's let's go to the other side of the coin then uh, with Zachary Levi and Shazam. What did you think about his performance? I like him. I hate the suit. Yeah, the suit is really, really hard to get past. It's, it's so inflated. That when he raises his arms, you can tell that, you know, it's not him. So my question, though, is do you think that that's an intentional move because it's a kid's movie and they're trying to make it look over the top to have that sort of, yeah, we're acknowledging that this is sort of cartoonish in a way because that's the struggle I had. It does look ridiculous. It's clearly not real. None of the suits are real, right? Even, even... Cavill's Superman suit uh, accentuates no. him. <laughs> it no. does. It does. It accentuates him. Um, <laughs> but this had to be intentional, right? It had to be purposely looking cartoony because it does. See, my thoughts were he wasn't physically there yet when they started this process. So they, I feel like they felt like they had to. Now, you know, based on his Instagram or whatever his posts were that he had beefed up for it, I think that they had already planned on padding the suit. Well, right. And he just kind of... You you can't tell me that these special effects guys aren't capable of padding a suit to a realistic degree. And, and may, maybe there is a uh, over-the-topness to it. I I never thought about that. I just thought that doesn't look like a human. See, I I think that's what they were going for. I just struggle as to whether I still like it. I mean, it clearly makes me tolerate it a little bit more because we're going to go the cartoony kids route and it's going to look comedic and everything. Um, but I still struggle with whether or not it was too distracting for me, which is, it's a small thing to be distracted by, but it, it totally, on one hand, it takes you out of sort of their, uh, I hate to say realism in a comic book movie, but it's just it's just distracting, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that you look at it and you're like, oh, okay. But then part of me is like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, this is a this is a Power Rangers movie and it's a ridiculous costume. So okay. 
Yeah. Same, same thoughts. Um, okay. So aside from the suit, you said you liked him. Do you, I, I thought he was pretty good comedically, tonally. I, I felt, I felt like he did a good job. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I don't think he did enough to act like a 15 year old, you know? Like really? that's how for fourteen. I, I thought he did some. I thought they were gonna do more of that. And I don't know about. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I, I thought they were going to do. They kind of play on that a little bit more than he's a big kid. They did some, a little bit, but I felt like it was missing. And maybe because he's not playing off of older people, he's only talking to kids most of the time. Yeah. And so maybe that's it of just not knowing the world as a, an adult. Yeah. You know, I, I actually, I, I don't agree with that. Uh, not that, I mean, it's just an interpretation, but like, I actually felt like if anything, that it was, the movie was a little overly goofy at times. And so I felt like if I had a complaint about him, it was almost like it was a little too always goofy. Um, but I think that's what they were going for, and I, I I think he did a good job. Like I liked the scenes in the gas station, then when they're figuring out their powers, and there's a few other moments sprinkled throughout where I think they do a good job of, you know, he's getting into an argument with his you know 14 year old foster brother. That's totally absurd to see a you know male giant superhero arguing with a 14 year old. So I felt like that stuff was there for me. Well, I'm not saying make it more goofy, and I'm saying actually. On the contrary, I think it should be less goofy, but just more the, almost more the fish out of water of, I'm not used to doing these adult things, but I'm supposed to be an adult. No, they did, they did a few of those, but just his normal, I felt like they did him for the joke, but not for him as, you know, just throughout the rest of the movie. I don't know. I I just, I didn't get the, he, I felt like he was doing it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like I he, think he the, wasn't always Billy. Yeah, I think the one, the one I like that worked for me, kind of in that regard, is when he first goes to rescue the lady who's getting her purse snatched or whatever has happened. I think she's she's like pepper sprayed a guy, and the guy is the one screaming, and he flies over there, and he gets the whole situation wrong. Um, I, I felt like that kind of played into it. I think that could be also though to your point, it could be more of like being a newness to being the superhero as opposed to being a fourteen year old superhero so i I kind of see what you're saying, but i I felt like they did a good job on that nah <laughs> uh okay, so moving <laughs> off of him, what'd you think of the two i guess, I guess anybody else like, like the two boys are the next one that come into mind asher angel Asher Angel and Jack Dylan Grazer, so young Bobby Batson and then uh Freddie, his foster brother no, I thought they both did a really good job, yeah, agreed. I thought Freddie uh, pretty much stole the movie. No, I, yeah, no, I, th- I thought he did great. And I was very distracted by Billy because I thought he looked so much like Arya. <laughs> Arya Stark. Yeah. And so I had to go look it up afterwards. Like, nope, they're not. But I could have, but I'm like, you look exactly like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he as Billy was a little stoic, but I think that's what the character called for. But I think, uh, I think Freddie kind of being the person that was always bouncing off of him, I thought was really, really good. I mean, Freddie's jokes were actually really funny. He's the one that got the most laughs out of me. Um, even when like Zachary Levi was Shazam and he's there with Freddie, Freddie's the one that got me to laugh, not really Shazam. Did you get the feeling that Freddie was going to go evil based on what they were <laughs> setting up midway through? 
Yeah, I actually did. You know, I mean, it also, this is just, you know, from having read too much stuff and, and seen too many movies, but, you know, usually you get the, the character who is, uh, has a disability and then gets angry and wants that power to become non-disabled. And when they do that, they usually go through any means necessary. So it, it felt like it was very much setting up for that. And I'm very grateful that they went a different way with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I know his backstory and all the, uh, the kids, you know, they turned to the, uh, the Marvel family. Um, so I knew that was coming. I didn't think we'd get it in this movie, uh, that they all, <laughs> they all got the power. Um, so that was, I, I didn't know how I felt about it when they all did that. What'd you think when they all got the power? I was actually caught off guard. I did not see that coming. Like, and until like, uh, like 30 seconds or a minute before it happened. Like I get, I think it was when he has the flashback of thinking about Shazam and the six or seven chairs. I was like, Oh, I didn't see that. And here it is. And then he's given him the powers. And I, I really like that. That caught me off guard. I think that's a great moment for a family movie. It's a cool way to get the whole family involved and, uh, I, I just really thought it was a really well-written moment that I did not see coming. So I, I, I truly enjoyed that part. I liked uh, the little girl when she grew up. Mm-hmm. I think she was my favorite one of them. And I don't remember if it was the lines or just her, the her attitude. And I, I've never seen that actress before, and I don't even know who she is. Um, but I really liked her. Yeah, I've seen her in something, but I didn't uh, bother looking it up. I thought the the Adam Brody, the guy from the OC, who was Freddy, after, you know, post superpower. I thought that was spot on casting, like crazy spot on casting. See, it, it looked like him, you know, and kind of. Taught, I didn't, I didn't like his look. What do you mean? Him. Was he like like long blonde hair? Long blonde hair. Did he have long blonde hair? No. He had like short brown hair. Did one of them have long blonde hair? Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, he had he had longer hair than Freddie did. This kind of it was like brown. I get what you're saying. It wasn't dark like Freddie's. I was I was mixing it in my head. Yeah, I mean it's still a short haircut though. I don't think any of them had long hair. I didn't like the way he looked. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I didn't like his face. I didn't like his face at all. I hate your. Fa- I hate your face. <laughs> um. So I do have a couple of questions on that. Like, uh, so one, um, do they all still have those powers when the movie ends? So do we have that whole family now as a power superhero family? I believe so. Okay, thought so too. And then, I, this is okay. So did you think that? the way they filmed this, that they each just got one of his powers? It started that way. Okay. I thought. But Agreed. then but then they all did everything. Right. Okay. My wife and I had the same conversation when we left. We're like, did they? Because like one of them, like the Freddy guy was flying and the other girl was running fast and uh, Pedro had the strength. And so we were like, wait, and and they filmed it in a way where each of them got this little segment where they did their one superpower. And then we were like, well, okay. But then like one of them would punch another guy and he'd go flying we're like, well, wait, what? So I, I feel like they each all have the same power as Shazam. Now, so then my question would be, are they equal to Shazam or lesser somehow? Um, I'm assuming lesser and I'm only going source material on that just because okay. Freddie was... Captain Marvel Jr. So <laughs> creative. 
<laughs> right. Um, but no, I have no clue. I'll have to defer, defer okay. that. Yeah, we'll we'll tweet no at clue. First Issue Club and see what they say. Yeah, because that's uh, yeah, no clue. <laughs> All right, the last <laughs> nugget on acting I have. We mentioned this earlier, and you said you were going to come back around to it. Uh, Jaiman Hansu is in just boatload. Uh, I mean, comic movie after comic movie. Yeah, I I don't. He's actually in both Captain Marvel movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know why he was cast as the wizard. Me just either. seems odd. It just seems like an odd choice. Because his agent does a good job of getting him in comic book movies. Well, sure. I mean, so now he's he's on both sides a lot, but it's more. Um, I mean, it's a it's an old wizard. Why don't you? cast an old guy i don't know at least they didn't uh what's the one movie you hate uh alien covenant where they took guy pierce and, and aged him up oh, at least it wasn't so that bad. bad at least it wasn't that bad was covenant the first one no it was prometheus when he was oh, he was aged yes good call prometheus was, and they never showed him young so if i understood it if you did it as a flashback you know and had a young guy pierce running around but they never showed that so why even have an aged guy pierce i don't yeah. necessary cast an old guy <laughs> i i agree yeah I, I don't know why they cast him but you know it is what it is it's an old wizard i mean he had so much hair and makeup you couldn't really even tell what his real age was so i, I it didn't bother me it, it I, I didn't like it didn't like it i didn't i didn't understand why like he a was crotchety old man i didn't like it <laughs> i didn't, I didn't I did. like it I didn't. It was, and maybe because I just saw him, you know, in uh, and uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. That on again um, on the Marvel side, and then now he's an old old wizard guy. I don't. I know that's acting, but <laughs> you took the words out <laughs> I, of my mouth. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> that is called acting. Yes. Right. Yes, I, I get that. But I'm good for him for being in both of those. But yeah, pass. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on oh, from spoiler alert, <laughs> but I, I can't imagine who you think I'm gonna pick for my recasting moment. Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, so moving on from acting, uh, thoughts on I'm gonna smash these two together: action scenes, CGI, overall thoughts on that. I thought they were okay. Um, I can't put my finger on anything that was cool. And I always Agreed. try to do that with action movies. Of what's something different? What's a cool takeaway scene? What's something that's going to be memorable? And you know, going through that, I there's nothing that I thought they did cool. And I really thought that they were going to use the Shazam, you know, as a lightning bolt, as a weapon, you know, because he does that on occasion. Um, you know, he transforms and the lightning bolt comes down. But if somebody's between there. Him and the the lightning bolt, they get lightninged. Yeah, he but, did that once. He did it to one of know, the demons, I think, on the roof. I just thought he turned into him. I didn't. No, I thought it. I thought it. I thought hit that, him with the lightning. Because I remember bolt. thinking that's what he was going for, but then didn't do it. Oh, okay, maybe I'm misremembering. I thought he did it once because I I distinctly remember in the theater being like, oh, okay, he got him with the lightning. Well, he he was throwing lightning. No, this is yeah. This is when he transformed because I think he like transformed and retransformed really quick. Because during one of the fights, he just randomly changes back to Billy Batson and then he runs away. And then when right. he 
Or maybe it was when he was being held in the water and then he comes up and he says Shazam and then it hits somebody. I can't remember exactly. There's some moment where I thought he used the lightning. Yeah, like Pikachu. But no, I didn't uh I didn't remember that because I was waiting for it. Okay. Well, but, but maybe I they did. Maybe I missed it. <laughs> I generally agree with you though. Uh I mean, I even think back to the movie right now and I'm like, okay, I don't I have to think about the action scenes. It's not like I leave there thinking, oh, this one or two fight scenes are really good. It's like I have to concentrate and be like, okay, what? when did he fight this and who did he fight? So there was really nothing memorable. And I I still, the, the flying scenes, I just thought were okay. I mean, I'd have to maybe rewatch Man of Steel and kind of compare them back. But I felt like it just, it's like, okay, yeah, they're flying. It's not, you're not doing anything cool while you're flying. It didn't kind of look realistic. So... I just felt overall the action was fine. The CGI was fine. Uh, besides the demons, the demon CGI was trash. Um, but yeah, I felt like it just got an average budget. Like they spent all their CGI budget on Aquaman and then gave Shazam just a little bit of that. Uh, they said his suit, they had like, I forgot how many they said that they had for him. The suit cost a million dollars to make. Jeez. Each suit that he had. Because it had to light up in the front and it had to be padded, and I'm like, that's a that's a very expensive suit. Okay. So I just feel like they miss they miss uh, allocated their dollars. Well, yeah, that's that does not seem like a million dollar suit to me, but whatever. Unless it can actually fly and shoot lightning. <laughs> right, it lights up. <laughs> a million dollar does, LED does, light. It does light up. <laughs> it does. Um. Okay. So, did you feel like? this was maybe supposed to be a Christmas movie that got pushed back? Because <laughs> the random Santa Claus as it was running through? Well, and it's all set during Christmas. Like, there's Christmas yeah. lights. It's just, and normally, like, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, Die Hard came out in the summer, but it's set in Christmas. But I, I forgive that one because it's like the Christmas party was the motivation to get John McClane out to see his wife. So it, it's fine. It works story-wise. But this one is set in Christmas, and there's all Christmas lights, and there's the Santa and everything, but it, it never... Story-wise, it doesn't matter. So it's like, why why did you set this at Christmas, and why wouldn't you release it at Christmas then? My guess is they wanted all of those throwaway Santa lines as jokes. <laughs> you think they and did so, it just for the jokes? I think they absolutely did, because nothing else really matters towards that. There's no um, somebody home for Christmas. There's no really reference to any of it other than Santa and the little winter park. Okay, well, let me ask you a different question then. Do you think they messed up by not releasing it around Christmas? Um, no. No, because I think if they... You mean waiting for Christmas or last uh, Christmas? Yeah, so maybe pull a swap with uh, Aquaman. So you put Shazam around Christmas time, and then you put Aquaman now. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. That... You put this at Christmas and then release Aquaman now, and you just killed Aquaman. <laughs> you think? Oh, I guarantee it. Uh, I, you would absolutely destroy many people's thoughts of what DC's going to do after seeing this movie. Really? Because everything I've been reading online on Twitter, a lot of people are really, really positive on this movie. Are they 12? No, this is uh, the normal film Twitter that I read every day. I mean, I have yet to really read anything negative on Shazam. Well, you're about to. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't imagine you're going negative on this one. Well, see, okay, so here's, 
here's my observation with Shazam, and this was uh, given to me in part by uh, Kevin Brackett over at Real Spoilers Podcast uh, that we we converse on the Twitter machine uh, every now and then, and he sent me over uh, the making of X Men animated series theme song in a in a YouTube uh, video, and I know this is a long way to get around to it, but there's there's something in that that video that really stuck that really stood out to me about the X-Men cartoon that I think really translates well to Shazam. And so Eric Leewald, the showrunner for X-Men animated series, he was talking about the unwritten law of childhood. And he said if you didn't understand everything in a story that was quote unquote older, you yearn to understand it. If you sense that something was, quote, just for little kids, then you detested it, even if you were six. And, I, and that really stuck with me because X-Men was written for an older generation than its target audience, and that's why it was so good. And I look back at Shazam, and I think it was written for younger people so older people, like, yeah, it was good for a kid's movie. It wasn't written for adults. And I think that's where it suffers. That's a long way to get around to my point. But does that make any sense to you? I mean, it makes sense. But I mean, I guess I don't understand what your overall point is. Are you saying that people shouldn't make movies for kids? I'm saying that this particular movie was written from a for kids. And thus it suffers for the general audience. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, that that's like saying you can only write movies for certain segments of the population. I mean, to a degree, I think movies, some movies are written for certain segments of the population. Not everything has to have mass appeal. So I'm okay with uh different genres of movies and different takes on the same genre and kids movies versus not. So I mean, it's like the debate, you know, you and I have had is like how do you compare you know, animated movies, for example, to real movies? Or how do you compare, you know, yeah, movies that are written for kids to something that's clearly written for adults? I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily a knock on it. I think you just, if that's not something you like, if you don't generally prefer kids' movies, then yeah, you're going to like this less because it is geared towards kids. But I don't think that that necessarily inherently makes it a worse movie. But if you're someone who doesn't appreciate kids' movies, then sure, you're going to like it less. Well, I mean, look at every superhero made since 2008, since Iron Man. They're not made for kids, but kids love those movies, as do adults. Well, this, written for kids, yeah, kids will like it, but then they're going to grow out of Shazam, because it's... Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to a younger audience. So I, I definitely think it's slanted towards kids. I, I don't, I don't want to go so far as to to pigeonhole it into a kids' movies because there, there are some adult humor in there. There's some cussing. There's some uh, mature themes that that roll through every once in a while. I, I agree with you. It's slanted more towards kids for sure. That that's not arguable. But I think to to say that um, either adults can't find enjoyment or humor in that or that there's not room for that, 
just because you know Marvel gears it's I wouldn't even know if Marvel gears theirs towards adults. I don't, I think they just try to take a broad swath, but I think there's opportunities to make a you know more kid oriented movie, and DC took a stab at it. And I think they're gonna have some success with it. Well, and I don't doubt that it'll make money because it is people think okay, it's for kids, so more kids will go see it, but and sell toys and whatever. But as far as staying power and as far as mass appeal, which I think other superhero movies have, this doesn't. And that's my criticism of it. Now you can say, oh yeah, my kids would really like this. That's fine, but that's not where, where personally I want to see my superhero movies. Um, Cause it's, it's like a dumbed down version of them. Well, sure. I mean, and that's what I was trying to say is that there are going to be people who don't want to see their, superhero movies like this and if that's you then yeah you're going to have a lesser opinion of this but i think there's people that are okay with getting that i mean and they're going to enjoy that just as much so i think there's room for that now will it will that hurt it at the box office i don't know will it help it at the box office i don't know maybe once word of mouth gets around about how it's more of a kid-friendly superhero movie which we truly haven't been getting in i don't know how long um, at least since like the Dark Knight, really, or you know, the the Batman Begins, everything just either has been darker or geared towards adults, as opposed to like really trying to make one that's geared towards kids. So it might be carving itself out something here to to have some success. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, we we all have those things, you know. Like uh, when I go see action movies, I want to see one that's more John Wick or more The Raid. And if I get one that's not quite like that, I you know I might be like, yeah, it's not quite my style of action movie, and. I mean, that's that's natural. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I, I don't inherently watch Shazam and think, oh, it's a kid's movie, so I think less of it. Um, and, and it can be just as good. I think it has its problems, but I don't think it's because it was trying to be more kid-friendly. Yeah, I think it's a, a dumbed-down version of a superhero movie. And I think really young kids would like it for a little while, but then it's going to end up being next to Kazam and Steel in the oh, long run. No, it won't go that low. And, and I think it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny how, you know, you're saying a dumbed-down version of a superhero movie slash comic book movie when I think that, uh, you know, you could almost say that maybe the, the comic book movies that we've been used to in this modern era are maybe losing some of their kid-at-heart stuff, right? They're They're becoming too serious and too adult-like, and maybe they need to return to some of that childlike uh feel like and maybe you can think shazam moves that needle too much but i mean that's been one of the knocks on dc especially with batman and superman is that they're overly serious and brooding and stuff so maybe the needle needs to to bend back the other way a little bit hold on when you were a kid did you love robocop yeah yeah me too that's not a kid's movie but any stretch of the imagination well sure but i but i absolutely but i also liked my fair share of kids movies I mean, there's room for both. Yeah, but those, but RoboCop sticks with you no matter how cheesy it may be today. It's still, it's well, still one of one of those movies. The other ones don't hold up at all. You would you wouldn't put in. I can't even think of a comparable. Well, right, because you're not. Movie. Well, you're not going to find a comparable kids movie to RoboCop. <laughs> that no, exist. I just mean I just mean a, a kids movie that you really liked that was made for kids. Well, you know, I mean, it depends on how you I, view Star Wars. It depends on how you view Teen see, Wolf or Rad see, or... St- Star, Star Wars, is it made for kids? 
is made for adults that sells toys to kids in the same way that the Marvel movies are. Okay. I'm just, I mean, there's Sandlot. I mean, you know, there's movies like that that you grow up watching and you're like, okay, and this is still a good movie. So I I get it. Kids movies have different feels to them. And typically speaking, they get kind of cordoned off in their own thing. You're like, oh, this is good for a kid's movie. But, But that's also fine. I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that. Good for a kid's movie. So you're already lowering the standard. Well, right. I'm saying that's what people tend to say because it's just like how you say, well, I can't compare a comedy to an action movie. They're two different things. And kids' movies do have their own thing. Now, there are some kids' movies that have the ability to transcend and go beyond that. And you're like, no, that's actually just a really good movie now. So that's you get into this weird blend. But again, I just don't think that by being more kid-focused, it inherently makes it a, a lesser movie. It did. It's lesser. I mean, to you, yes. To me, I, I don't. I don't give it a knock just for that. Well, I won't spoil my what what things to come. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're already so. pretty much giving it away. <laughs> um, I think the last thing I wanted to mention, and I'm you had to groan at this too, but how lame was the Superman cameo? I, uh, extremely lame. Extremely lame because they the way that they cut off his head. Yeah. You know, they intentionally didn't put Henry in there, which apparently he's not signing on for more Superman, or maybe he is, who knows. But that's the report now. But all you had to do, really, is keep the focus on Freddy, like keep the camera on Freddy, and like put a hand on the shoulder and you see the S. And then that would have been so less cheesy than to have him walk through the room and cut off his head. Yeah. Or shoot it from the back, right? Like... You know, where you just see the back of the head, you can make somebody look like Cavill. But yeah, the way they did it was just trash. Yeah, that dumb. Yep. Dumb. And then now, but the other thing it did is you ruined uh, Shazam meeting Superman. Right. So now, now we never get to see that, which I think would have been really cool in some movie at some point of, again, him being starstruck, him being trying to act like an adult when he's not, you know, in front of Superman, you know, all these things of that you could have done with this. And now you've already ruined it because they're friends now. Yeah. I I think they totally gave up on any kind of future events with this just to get the, the last cool cameo there. It is a waste. Yeah. And now I was like, well, that's a standalone. So (laughs) (laughs) that didn't really count in this movie that we have them meet for the first time. Right. Because DC just has no clue what they're doing. Nope we've we've been saying that for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. All right. I think I'm running out of things to say. What about you? I am also running out of things to say. All right. Let's get to it then. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? Would you rate it and why? I want to hear yours first. Okay. Um, walking out of the theater, I was at a three. The more I thought about it, I felt like I kind of felt myself creeping up to a three and a half, but I'm, I'm staying at a three. I just, I enjoyed it. I laughed. Uh, it, it was refreshing to me to have a superhero movie not be so serious. Um, sometimes the humor worked, sometimes it didn't. Uh, really a lot of what killed it for me was the seven deadly sins. I, I just felt like the, you know, t- I'll steal your mantra, the, the villain makes the movie, and I did not care for the villain slash villains in this movie, but I liked the family aspect. I thought the foster family stuff was done great. 
I thought when Billy finds his mom and she still disowns him, I thought that was really great. Um, it had kind of a 90s feel to me, something that probably tonally felt more similar to things that got churned out in the 90s, like post-Burton Batmans. Um, really kind of like a Power rangers this vibe at times um, to me. Um, so I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I would say from Marvel, probably the most lighthearted movie they have is the Ant-Man movies. And this goes past that, um, even in terms of lightheartedness and stuff. So I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. Um, not great, but certainly not bad. So I'm at a three, probably three, two, five, if I had to split hairs. So I'm, I'm not that high. I'm, I did give it a three at max. Um, cause I did like a lot of, a lot of the characters. I did like Shazam. I did like all the kids and I liked how they interacted with one another. And I thought they all did a really good job. Um, I think upon second viewing, um, it'll solidify itself at, you know, two and a half, three, so probably a three, but I, but I do think that, uh, there's major room for improvement around this entire movie. So yeah, it's, I, it's I an above I, average movie because I did enjoy because I like superhero movies. That's no, no surprise to anybody. So you're like, oh, you hated it, but you gave it a three. Well, yeah, because my scale on superhero movies started two and a half. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the sliding scale is so absurd. We won't get into that. Though. Right. Um, I, I do feel like it. I feel like it's not too far from like a three and a half or a four. Like I feel like if it could have corrected the villain, I feel like if it had made taken away a few of the dumb mistakes um, that it made and maybe tightened up some of the effects, gave it a couple of better action scenes. Like it, it wasn't that far off. Like it, it had probably 80% of the structure there. It just made some iffy decisions. Um, a lot of it, again, I'll attribute to the action being forgettable and the, the villains. If it had, it, if it had fixed those two, I think it would have gone a long ways. Well, what got it to a three for me is uh, the Rocky steps. <laughs> yeah i caught that too so as long as they're there in in the rocky steps and you throw iowa tiger in there then okay you're already at a three if only they had shown the statue yeah i wondered about that uh i was like well it's it's a public statue you you could put it in the movie but they referenced rocky but they didn't uh didn't show the statue yeah yep missed opportunity again so what was your favorite moment? My favorite moment was when Shazam shares his powers with the family. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I didn't really see it coming. It made perfect sense in a story. I think it's a good example of writing where they, they preface this really quickly. Uh, here's these six or seven wizards. Given you don't really understand that he can do this, so they kind of introduce it. And you're like, oh, he, he, I didn't know he could do this. But it all kind of dawned on me at the same time. And I thought it was a really cool way to keep that foster family involved i thought it was a really uplifting moment to see these these kids get these powers and then start fighting with them and stuff so i really thought that was a good directed good written good acted uh moment in the movie it's not a bad not a bad scene nope what's yours so i had the one the one that that stuck with me was when they're doing the superhero tests which most of those i did not enjoy but I liked it when he climbed in the cardboard box and he switched the test on him and asked if he was fireproof. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to have to go with that one as my favorite scene. Yeah. That's a really good one. <laughs> like, oh yeah, good. you were, you were fireproof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked all that. I even liked the, uh, uh, 
it's kind of a similar one, but the shoot him in the face scene, I thought that was pretty funny. Right, right. Oh, we know the suit's bulletproof, but <laughs> exactly. Shoot him yeah. In the face. yeah. <laughs> All right. What's one thing you would change? I would change what I mentioned before is I would change the the tone of the movie. Not not necessarily the tone, but the the way the focus. How about that? The the focus seems to be on kids. I think the focus should be for the general audience and that would raise the entire movie's level up a notch, which would get rid of some of the cheesiness out of it. I think it'd fix some of the issues that you mentioned that would have um get a stronger villain in there because I think it, it would do all of that if the focus was on the same level as all the other superhero movies that we've seen. Now, that'd be my change. Ugh. What about you? Uh, the, the more you keep saying that, the more I just absolutely despise that take uh, because it feels <laughs> like the adults who sit there and whine that their comic book movies can't be made for a kid. And it irks me because this is like the one movie out of the last 30 comic book movies that have been geared towards kids. and. Uh, I feel like it's like, no, you can't do that. It's mine. It needs to be for adults. This is like Jingle All the Way. Like, that's how it was written. No, get out of here. That That's what it feels like to me. I really like Jingle All the Way, though. <laughs> God. Because right. of Sinbad? I, I do. I think, the, I think the jokes between Arnold and Sinbad are pretty hilarious. Yeah, they are pretty funny. But it's clearly not meant for older, an older audience. Yeah, okay, well... Either way, I don't like this take, and the more you keep saying it, the more it bothers me. So I'm fine with the kids' movie. Good. You're not. It's a bad take. What's your change then? Uh, the Seven Deadly Sins. You got to get rid of that. That was that was bad. I think I think it just did a disservice to the whole movie. If you had just had Mark Strong and not had the Seven Deadly Sins, uh, that would have been fine. It would have been better. Like the the Seven Deadly Sins added nothing. It, it was only written as seems like as a way to make him weak. I don't know. It's just bad. It was, I think it was written to wait to have them all fight a different one. Yeah, that's probably true, too. We could have come up with something better than Hinch, that, though. Henchmen, if you will. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. stupid. I don't like it. And they clearly no, were stealing uh, Gozer the Gozerians' uh, little demons. I mean, they were direct rips of that. <laughs> so what is your uh, character swap? Who would you swap out of this? The the casting change, which I got grilled on Twitter Ca- for. Casting change. Yes, exactly. Who's um, your casting change to make this well, movie better? I'm getting Mark Strong out of there because I just did not think he was evil enough or scary enough. And I went and looked at pictures of who this guy looked like in the comics so that I could get an idea as to what that, you know, what's the source material here. And when I saw it... um the first person I thought of was Jackie Earl Haley. Okay. So that's what I would do. Swap out Mark Strong for Jackie Earl Haley. He is a creepier guy. Yep. Then maybe you don't need for demons sure. to make him creepy. That's true. But who, who's going to fight the kids? Yeah, we'll solve that. We can write that. So I, I think I'm, I'm guessing you're going Jaiman Hansu. Yes. I, I was going to go with... Mark Strong as well. However, the way this was written, I think he fits fine. Uh, if you want to change it to a, again, a scarier, you know, more adult version, then yes, I would get him out of there. But keeping it the way it is, I got, I got the old wizard out of there. If you say Dennis Quaid, I am stopping the recording right now. 
Well, of course, he would do a masterful job as the wizard. However, I went with uh, Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> Jesus. Is he alive? <laughs> I think so. I think he's 82 years old. Has he been in anything since he, Digstown? Uh, is that after The Punisher? Oh, yeah, I think so. All right, I got to look this up. What yep. is the last, like, memorable movie that Lou Gossett Jr. has been in? Because we're not going to count made-for-TV mo- made movies or anything like that. It has to be a legit release. Which is a perfect, perfect role to bring him back. A little tribute. He's 83 years old. Did you already say he's going to be 83? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm just quickly he scanning can't play an here. Old wizard. I'm just quickly scanning. Ooh, he's going to be in the Watchmen TV show that's coming out on HBO. See? Well, I'm still looking. The guy's still... got it. The, the the guy's got a a good a good wizard old voice. I'm looking. I, I, I don't disagree. Nailed it. I don't disagree with the casting. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to see from which depths <laughs> we are pulling Lou Gossett Jr. out of from a movie. He's doing a lot of TV stuff. But man, I'm back to like 2000. He's just perfecting his craft. <laughs> I'm back to like 2000, and I'm not recognizing any of these TV shows or any of these movies. Wow, Iron Eagle Four, 1995. <laughs> straight to DVD, straight to video cassette, 1995. <laughs> right. Yep, that that's true. So, yep, I'm sticking with it. He's still acting. He's still active. You throw Lou in there, jumpstart his career at 82. And uh, he's back at it. So I'm excited. I did not know he was going to be in, in The Watchmen. So I can't wait to see him. All right. What award are you giving this movie? I gave it the most forgettable superhero movie since 2008. Wow. Um, mm, I'd have to go actually research what kind of turd superhero movies have come out since 2008. Cause I, feel, I feel like there's got to have been some that weren't Marvel and DC that snuck through. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What award did there, you get this? Be. Say that again. Most forgettable? The most forgettable. Yep. Well, I mean, I There's guess. There's nothing if you're, memorable about this. I guess if you're saying suicide. This will be gone. Are you saying the Suicide Squad sucked so bad that you remember it sucking? Therefore, you won't forget it? Possibly. Okay. This, is, this is just a generic blah. I mean, you remember Suicide Squad. I don't think you'll ever forget Suicide Squad. I don't think I'll forget Shazam either. But that, I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything memorable about this movie to to take with you. I just think it was a blah. Just like the action scenes did nothing. I think this movie is just, yeah, there. Hmm. Okay. Well, you won't like mine because I said it's the. I said it's the best family <laughs> superhero movie of the two thousands. Of the two thousands. Hmm. And you define family as. Dumb like, down for kids. Well, like for the family. Like you would take your whole family to and everybody would have a good time and it's, you know, not overly serious and you know, you you know what I mean? Like when you there's a difference between a family movie and then a movie that a family goes and sees, right? Because like so, families so go see Marvel movies. Right. And you're saying you said families don't go see Marvel movies? No, no, no. I said families go see Marvel movies, but I don't know that I really consider them family movies, if that makes sense. So whether you want to call so it families or kids. With? I don't know. Jumanji? Is Jumanji <laughs> one? It's not a superhero movie. I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I'm just it. trying to get a, a 
Yeah, I would, I mean, I would consider that a family that category. Movie. I don't know. I, I didn't research it well enough, but I knew that at least going back to the 2000s would, would cover it because you're covering like most of the X-Men movies and covering the Spider-Mans and covering all that. So um, I didn't spend too much time racking my brain on which ones have been oriented towards family. And if if you consider, I mean, I would rather watch Shazam than any of the Raimi mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies. Is that so? That's in that category. Is Ant Man in that category? Uh, Ant Man would be the closest one, I think. Well, Ant Man's better than this. They're Either all kind one. Of, they're all kind of the same to me. This is the same as Ant Man. Yeah, I think I gave Ant Man three stars. Both of them. I think you need to see them both again. But I think this is still more after watching oriented. after watching Shazam. <laughs> Maybe, but I think this one's more family oriented than than either Ant Man movie. Can you not give me one more one movie that's in that category <laughs> to compare have, it to? No, I'd have to go look. I, I didn't. You, you make I, up a category and you and you put a, the only movie in there. Yeah, I, I didn't. Call it the I, best. I didn't do. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on that one. It just felt right, so I, I went with my gut. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta trust your gut instead of going after facts, and you know, <laughs> see where it takes you. Yeah, don't let facts get in the way of a, a good story. Yeah, no. So. So what movie, I guess, I mean, I don't even know how to ask this question anymore. What movie reminds you of Shazam? No, that's not what we say. We say, if you like this movie, you would also like. But you don't always play by those rules. Sure, so that's do. you just don't, you just don't like. You just don't like my answer. Because they're, that's inaccurate to the question. You don't agree with it, but I still think it's a, an accurate <laughs> answer. <laughs> so what movie did you pick? I picked Big. Because they clearly did a nod to Big. Well, and it's obviously the idea of an adult kid all of a sudden being grown up. The difference with Shazam is he has superpowers, uh, but in Big he doesn't. But there's this uh, coping with you know your family and your friends when you've gone from being you know a little kid to being an adult and all that stuff. And I think it thematically basically fits with the exception of not being a superhero movie. It was Big. A family movie, yeah. You think it fits in that? See, I think Big it's was a, written it's for. Fa- it's not a family superhero movie, nor was it into the two thousands. I'm just saying. <laughs> sure. The <laughs> written, <laughs> the way that it was written. I don't think it was. Again, I'm going to keep using dumbed down for kids. I think it was written for an older audience that had themes that people liked. That yeah. kids could identify with, maybe. I mean, we could probably spend a whole podcast on dissecting family movies and what that means. But I stand by my claim that if you like Shazam, that you would like Big. Okay, I went with uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, and why? I went with because I think if you liked Shazam, you'd definitely like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I think there's a certain there's the superhero aspect of it. There's some elements that are probably darker than they should be, but then also some really cheesy, goofy parts. Okay. Yeah, I can, so I can, that's, I can that's see that. I went. So I was like, if you're this made for kids, yet you're talking about seven deadly sins and like, well, maybe not, maybe not for the kids, but it's all written in a, now I love TMNT, but I was also, what eight when it came out? <laughs> yeah. So, so 
So it's just one of those that I think I still love it because nostalgia, not because it's a great movie. Right. Yeah. And I think it, I think Shazam has, like I mentioned earlier, that nineties feel to it. I know TMNT was very early nineties, I believe. Um, but it has more of a feel like it doesn't belong in this era. And I think that's because a lot of the superhero movies from this era tend to feel the same. So when you get something that doesn't quite feel like that, it feels more of like the, I mean, these movies were really bad, but like the, the Batman and forevers and the TMNTs, the power Rangers, that kind of stuff. It it has that retro kind of feel to it. Yeah. I I really thought you were going to pick power Rangers. I thought about it, but power Rangers, you mentioned it, you mentioned it before. Yeah, it's it's just really goofy, like over the top goofy. And this one wasn't quite that way. Um, but I thought the themes of this stood out to me more than like the concept of of that. So, but yeah, I considered it, especially when all of them turned to Power Ranger at the end, and they yeah. each have their own thing that they work with. And yeah, I thought yep. that that was a pretty good parallel. But I went to a better movie. I don't know. I I haven't seen TMNT in a long time. I was really disappointed in it when I was a kid. When you were a kid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was disappointing. It didn't feel like the cartoon to me, and I loved the cartoon, so I was a little disheartened by that. The abridged book of ninja fighting? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I I learned what the word abridged meant. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we done with Shazam? We're done with Shazam. All right. Well, until next time, which I don't remember what we're covering next time. I I think it might be Pet Cemetery. I'm not 100% sure on that. So maybe Pet Cemetery. If not, we'll have something else for everybody. But thanks for listening. (laughs) As usual, go out to the podcast. It's it's either Pet Cemetery or something else. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're always going to get something from us every week unless we tell you otherwise. So (laughs) expect Pet Cemetery. And if it happens to be something else, maybe you'll be surprised. But like usual, go out to the podcast store, leave us a rating. That helps us out tremendously. Subscribe to the podcast so that hopefully it can download to your phone every time new episodes are released. Talk to us on Twitter. Email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget we have spoiler-free reviews on twoviewsmovies.com. So if you can't listen to an episode because you don't want to get spoiled, we should almost always have a spoiler-free written review from each of us where you can kind of figure out if you want to see the movie or not. But... We'll catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.